Hello, everybody, and welcome to Socks on Tap. This is Tony Marchese. I am once again joined by Andrew Kinsler. Andrew, it's another White Sox loss that we're talking about here tonight. Um, not a good track record for you and I. Yeah, uh, so far since I've been on these, I've been talking about three losses. I'm 0-3. Um, I don't know. Maybe you guys aren't going to want to bring me back on these all that much anymore, but uh, hopefully that'll change tomorrow, right? Hey, I mean, I would say the third time's a charm, but maybe we'll go for the fourth time's a charm. You know, like, we'll get there. We'll get there. We got some things to work out, some kinks. But, um, uh, yeah, there's not a lot of positives to talk about here. Um, Well, let's start in the beginning. Uh, How about the fielding of the White Sox? I mean, if there's something to start off to laugh about, uh, let's laugh about uh, some plays in the outfield. So, yeah, Tony, not great at all. So, um the Sox had a chance to get out of a jam in the first inning. Pretty sure two walks by Manny Banuelos with two outs to have two runners on there. And then uh, CJ Crone hits a ball in right. I guess a little bit of that Minnesota nice air kind of gave him a little bit of trouble there or something like that. So Ricky, he just. Compl- yeah, Ricky said something about it wasn't the sun, it was just being the, the, the balls were just being misjudged in the wind. I don't know. Yeah. So he just completely missed that one. Uh, it wasn't ruled an error in the scorebook. It was ruled a double. So, uh, so yeah, then in, instead of getting out of that one inning scoreless, uh, two runs that should not have been gifted to Minnesota were on the board, and then things kind of just went from there, Tone. Yeah, and, you know, he, he kind of settled down there for the next two innings a little bit. And then it was the fourth inning that gave him another another load of trouble there, giving up three. Um, and, you know, you only get four innings out of Manny Banuelos. Final line on him today, uh, like I said, four innings, gave up five hits, all of them earned, or five runs, all of them earned off those five hits. Uh, three walks, and he managed to strike out four batters. His ERA currently sits at a 7.71. Um, this was his first start back uh, after that little brief stint on the IL. Uh, like Lee said last time, uh, nobody replaced him in the rotation. It was a bullpen day, and uh, there was nobody there to challenge Manny Banuelos for his job. Um, not really a great start from him, but I guess it was kind of expected up against the powerful Minnesota lineup. Uh, just can't have that. You saw two innings out of Manaya today. Um, they weren't bad. He didn't give up anything, uh, did walk a batter and also struck one out. Jace Fry also was clean. Uh, he did have a strikeout in his one inning. And then, uh, the guy that is just not right is Kelvin Herrera. So let's talk a little bit about him. 
Yeah, so not that the game was necessarily in reach in the eighth inning, but the three-run bomb he gave up to Ire Adria Anza uh, pretty much was the nail in the coffin there, we would say. So bring him in in the eighth, you know, we're, we're uh, you, you know, paying him that $18 million contract over two years to get outs, and he's doing anything but that in May. So, you know, since he's been a little bit banged up, uh, whenever that happened back in April, uh, his ERA in May, uh, hold your breath for this one, coming into today's game was 14.29. And then, obviously, that had to have changed after that three-run homer. So, not great from him. Not not really money well spent there. But you just have to think that he just kind of, at this point, needs some time at the IL because at, at this point, he's... Uh, you would you would for sure just like rather not have him out there if that's the kind of production he's going to be giving you. Yeah, and we've been talking about this now for a little while. He doesn't look right. Um and I know he started the year very solid in that eighth inning role. It's just there's something I don't know what it is. I, I yeah, I think an IL stent might might fix this. He needs to go away for a little while and come back. Oh, yeah. Just come back come rejuvenated. Back I don't know. Send him Send him, you know, home for for ten days and let him just <laughs> not be around the team. I I don't know what it is. I don't know what's going to solve this. Um, if he's not injured, we have a really big problem. Um, although you know, you guys like Evan Marshall and Aaron Bummer uh, looking a little bit more reliable. Marshall did get into the game. Uh, he did record a third of an inning pitched. He struck out that batter. He did walk one um, and didn't give up any hits. So he faced two. One strikeout, one walk, uh, and that was it for Sox pitching today. Again, the damage was done to Manny Banuelos and Calvin Herrera. You know, Herrera was one of the guys, Andrew, that I really liked coming into this year. I really, I really liked that acquisition. I thought he and Colome were going to be, you know, the two shutdown pieces all year. Um, I even wrote a blog about it over the off season that I hope that neither of these guys are traded. Um, now I'm just starting to get sick of watching Kelvin Herrera give up runs every eighth inning. Um, the other thing, too, and you, you kind of mentioned this a little bit, was that up until that point, I mean, the nail in the coffin was that three-run bomb. Uh, up until that point, 5-1 ball game, um, the Sox, and, the, and you know, the, the Sox broadcast has been very... Um, very high on mentioning this every single game is that the Sox seem to score all their runs late. No runs scored late here for the White Sox. Um, this offense today was non-existent again. Uh, only one run, and that was on the Jose Abreu solo shot. Um, yeah. I, let's talk a little bit about Jose Abreu and, and only having solo shots. Yeah, so he is the king of the solo home run this season, as it appears. So 12 12- 12 home runs so far up until this point in the year. Pretty good. We'll for sure take that out of him. Uh, but, you know, you have to think about if he's really doing it in the moments when there are guys on base. So nine out of those 12 home runs are solo shots. But even with all that, he's still right towards um, the tops in in uh, the major leagues in RBIs. I think he's tied for fifth or something like that, which, you know, as – a presence in the middle of the order, especially when we're not getting things out of 
Yonder Alonso and any of these other guys that are supposed to be hitting, that's for sure what you like to see. So, you know what? Yonder Alonso is another name here. A um, little bit of a bunt to beat the shift today. Um, yeah. How did you feel about that? Because I've been wondering why we haven't seen this out of him. Now, you know, we talked a little bit about bunts last night. And we, we kind of both agreed that, you know, we don't really like it, but if they work, we're, we're okay. Um, I think this is an excellent play, especially for a guy like Yonder Alonso, who's struggling so much to get on base. And he's hitting right into the shift over and over and over again. Just lay that bunt down. I mean, he, he had a perfect bunt there just past the pitcher. Nobody covering over at third base gets on base. If I'm Yonder Alonso, I'm going back to that play. And I was actually surprised that the, the twins continued to shift him throughout the game and that he didn't go back to that. If the, you know, the name of the game right now for Yonder Alonso is get the hell on base. Just right. bunt every time. I don't care if you're, you're not hitting home runs right now, get on base. Then they'll stop shifting you and you can actually hit the ball to right field because people are going to be watching for the bunt. I think that's excellent. I don't like taking the bat out of his hands, but if there's nobody on base, he Why should be, not? he should be bunting every time. Um, that's just me until he can start to get comfortable, build that average back up. I feel like that's going to open up the right side of the field for him. Um, and if, if people start noticing that he's not afraid to go beat the shift that way, they're going to shift him less. And I think that's what he needs. I think that was a really smart play. I wonder if he did it or if Ricky called it. Um, uh, but there is some credit due for that little play. I know it really didn't lead to anything, but, uh, I liked what I saw there. I couldn't agree more. Yeah. So in the grand scheme of things, didn't really wind up to anything because immediately Yomer Sanchez grounded into a double play there. Yep. Uh, pretty classic, but no, so we were talking smack about the bunt last evening, saying, you know, especially when it, it's taking the bat out of Yoan Mancata's hands, but, you know, when it's Yonder Alonso, any way that big boy can get on base right now with how he's doing, let's do it, man. So um, I think that was a great play, and it was a good bunt. I mean, you see players in uh, today's game, not really always be able to get down a nice fundamental bunt. That was one of the like best bunts I've seen. It. it looks like he's been practicing it, and, you know, he was he was just chugging down the first baseline. So that's what you like to see. But um, so that was his one hit on the game. So the top of the order, top three guys, Larry Garcia, Mancata, and Abreu did decent. But outside of that, four through nine in the order when it combined two for 21 – one of those hits being that bunt. So you really can't expect to win if that's what you're getting out of that part of the order. Yeah, not a lot of base runners for the Sox today either. Uh, there was only one walk, and it was actually Yonder Alonso who took that yeah. as well. Um, MVP, maybe? Yeah, MVP. Other than Jose Abreu. Yeah, other than course, Jose but... Abreu. But, you know, Yonder Alonso today, and then he gets pinch hit for late in the game um, by my guy, our guy. Our guy, uh, yeah. Our guy. Sebi Zavala, who's up with the White Sox. Let's talk a little bit. I think that's it for this ball game. There's not really much else that we can really dissect here. Um, yeah, I'd say only thing else I really want to talk about in regards to that would have to be the fielding. So yeah, let's talk fielding. Then let's back get to, to so back on the Charlie Tilson point. Um, I'm a fan of his. I mean, you know, I wrote that blog about him the other day this past week about how. 
he said the day he was traded to the White Sox was the most exciting day of his life. And that's good stuff that you want to hear. And I think he does play with a lot of grit, passion. You know, he tries hard. He wants to be there. But people aren't talking about how his fielding really isn't that great. They're kind of putting that to the side. Whereas with these people, like, for instance, Daniel Palka, fans don't want to bring him all that back up right now, even though he's crushing the baseball down in AAA. And everyone was saying it's an issue with Eloy Jimenez. Why is it not an issue with Charlie Tilson if it's an issue with these guys then? You know, I feel like this is something else, too, with Ryan Cordell. Uh, We saw a ball go off Ryan Cordell's wrist. The other day. Why is it not a problem with with all of these guys? If you know, and I'll say this over and over again, guys that have the better bet. Yeah, I'll say it over and over again. Why do we have Tilson and Cordell up here playing somewhat subpar defense over this last little stretch? And I know Charlie's made it up with the bat in a few different occasions, but Cordell has not. And you've got Daniel Polka down in AAA mashing home runs. Matt Skull's killing the ball. Yeah. Mendick's killing the ball. There's plenty of these guys that could come up here and hit. Um, if the defense isn't something that we're really honed in on, uh, why not give it to the guy who's swinging a hotter bat? That's Yeah, I mean, you could not be more right about that. I actually watched a little bit of the Charlotte Knights game tonight because it was on TV, actually. And something that I thought was interesting there that could be a little bit of foreshadowing for what could be going on with the White Sox. So first thing, this was the second day in a row that Daniel Polka started at first. Looks like they're kind of teaching him that maybe he can, maybe they're almost sort of planning that if he continues to mash like that, he could kind of take over the yonder Alonzo role if things continue to get really, really bad for him. And then also in the, the game tonight, Daniel or. Er, Matt Shaw skull hit a huge two run bomb uh, to get the offense going. So I don't know. These are things that maybe some preemptive planning. You know what? That's very interesting. Um, One thing that I have concerns with is the fact that Jose Abreu has not yet been re-signed by the White Sox. Yeah, I I would like to see that. I was talking about that earlier. As, As soon as he hit that home run, I was telling my buddy, Resign that man. Extend that man. We need. I, I think he would be a good piece for another two or three year contract. I think he would sign a pretty reasonably team team friendly contract because he wants to be here. And you know, there's been talks about it, but it just doesn't seem quite as mutual. No, it doesn't. And that's what worries me when you start seeing like Daniel Palka playing first base and. Uh, Zach Collins getting some first base time and some of these other guys. And you know that Eloy Jimenez could end up over there. It, yeah. I just wonder if if Jose Abreu is in the long-term plans of this White Sox team. I hope he is. He's one of the better hitters on this group. He's kind of that veteran leader. I mean, it's still Jose's team right now. Um, I think that his influence is positive on guys like Yohan Moncada. Um, even in Eloy Jimenez that, that, you know, he was the first one here. He knows his way around everything, um, as a major leaguer, um, you know, you He's still have be big for Robert too. Yeah. Yeah. He could be, that's exactly the name I was going to next. Um, it just seems like for some reason, if this was going to get done, I feel like maybe it would have been done already. I don't know if there's like a ticking clock here. 
but as we approach the deadline uh, in July, we're going to find out if Jose Abreu is in this team's plans or not. I have a I have a good feeling that we will find out if he is because I don't think that they let him walk into the offseason without either A, trying to trade him, or B, re-signing him by then. So it's, you know, now that I say that, they'll probably not trade him. They'll go right yeah. into this offseason, and there will be, you know, contract negotiations up until the point where he becomes a free agent. So we'll see what happens. But, you know, some of this, like, foreshadowing that you say um, – with Polka playing first and a few of this other things going on. The only other option that I see there is Yonder Alonso. If he does leave this team, uh, yeah, Daniel Polka coming in, stepping in and being that, uh, that second first baseman. That but, would be great. You know, that, that remains to be seen. I, I'd, I'd much rather go down that route than, uh, than the one that's uh, Jose Abreu White Sox team. Um, yeah. And you also mentioned a little bit with, Zach Collins, who many people see as a catcher who's also getting some time at first base. Let's talk about a catcher that came up today for us yep. who's actually going to be getting the start tomorrow from what Ricky Renneria said. So he came in late in the ninth uh, as we were down to our last out to pinch hit for Yonder Alonzo and struck out on four pitches. Didn't look great, but hopefully we see something good out of him in tomorrow's game where Dylan Covey takes on Jake Odorizzi what what do you think about that what are you hoping to see in tomorrow's game well the first thing I've got to say is what a peculiar time to pinch hit a guy who's making his major league <laughs> debut right like just give him a clean slate tomorrow let him start from the get-go don't have don't just like throw him into the fire and a worthless game like that. Yeah, Just, I mean, there was no, there was no. I mean, maybe it's no pressure. Hey, Sebby, get out there, get your first at bat. <laughs> you know, maybe that's it. But if there was one guy who was managing to get on base uh, multiple times today, it was Yonder Alonso. Um, and so, you know, you know, the game's pretty much over at that point. You're down eight one. You know, maybe it was a no pressure way to get him that first at bat. But um, you know, I, I just felt like it was kind of a. a, a unfair treatment for for a guy coming in uh didn't really have any way to succeed there i mean even if he gets a hit this game's pretty much over uh he had to watch this whole thing from the bench so he's coming in cold you know he's not really i'm assuming he wasn't really prepared to go taking at bat today after having to um travel to minnesota um (laughs) overnight basically so uh, i would have liked to have seen it just wait till tomorrow um Takeaways for this one, um, and what I'm hoping to see here. I- I'm hoping that Sebi gets his first hit tomorrow. Um, I think so too. I th- I think he will. You know, and one of the things that we talked about a lot on Socks on Tap and, and some Shy Socks Weekly is, you know, you- when you saw Eli Jimenez come up, uh, you were just glad when he got those first few hits out of the way because the longer a guy goes when he comes up to the show without getting that first hit, the harder he starts pressing. Uh, I just want to see Sebi get some early returns. It doesn't have to be a home run. It doesn't have to be a double. You know, just get a single in that next at bat. You know, get get on get on base and start to get your feel, get comfortable. So I'm looking for Sebi to you know just continue that stroke that he was showing down in uh, in AAA. I mean, he was he's only a day removed from uh, from going yard, so it's not going to be too hard to find it. But you know, I just want to see him excel at the plate a little bit. You know, get on base, like I said, and then more importantly, almost I think, is handle the pitcher well. 
Um, I want to see Sebi call a good game. I mean, this is his first uh, time behind the plate in the big leagues, and he's going to have to call a good game. And, and tomorrow, he's got Dylan Covey. So uh, a little bit of a, a preview of the pitching matchup. You're going to have Dylan Covey versus Jake Odorizzi. Covey's uh, 0-3 with a 5-3-1 ERA. He's got seven strikeouts on the year. Um, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how Sebi calls this game and watch pitch selection, watch how he frames, watch how he can block balls. Can he throw runners out? All that stuff. So there's going to be a lot of question marks that he's going to have to answer. And if he gives a good showing behind the plate, um, I know James McC- or, yeah, McCann's been, uh, been pretty solid back there and Castillo really hasn't. So if he can call a better game and look good defensively behind the plate, that's only going to help him stick up here. Uh, for the long term. So I, I just want to see him start to establish himself as the clear-cut option over Wellington Castillo. I think all White Sox fans want that at this point in time. Yeah, so that was very, very well put. Uh, I think I agree with everything you said there. So he has been um, pretty much coming into this call-up. He has been hitting very well. So the overall numbers from AAA this year don't look great, but I think I heard this on the pre or the post game show that in his previous 10 games, he's hit five home runs, something along those lines. So you definitely hope to see him try to carry that in there. And as you said, not press, you know, not try to do too much at the plate. You know, he's not someone that we're going to expect to get a heck of a lot out of, but you know, anything helps with this struggling lineup. And as you said, just really being able to, manages pitching staff so for however long this lasts um you know he could go right back down after wellington castillo gets healthy again but for the time being it's nice to have two catchers that you know pitchers really do like to throw to so you mentioned james mccann lucas giolito seems to love throwing to james mccann and from what i've heard people say about sebi zavala um all of the pitchers within the system seem to really like throwing to him. So this could maybe, in his time up there, could potentially maybe help Reynaldo Lopez get back on track if him and Reynaldo are uh, matched up for a game if he's up long enough. But um, you would hope to see that he can really prove his worth above Wellington Castillo, but I'm not so sure if... I think he would have to really, really um, go above expectations here to uh, really force the issue here with Wellington Castillo. But I think we can all hope for that. Yeah, I mean, he's a really easy guy to root for. Um, There's one part of Sebi's game, though, back on the offensive side. The guy does strike out a lot. Uh, Last year, you saw 110 strikeouts out of him in 424 plate appearances that's a fair amount of strikeouts doesn't really walk all too much but he does have that power stroke uh when he finds it the the ball does fly um you know 13 home runs in those 424 plate appearances i think he's a 10 to 15 homer guy over the course of a season um which is good a decent power out of out of the catching spot um but the the defensive side is where I think it'll stick and how he handles that pitching staff. One of the things that can, uh, I think, go a long way for him is if he does establish that rapport with with a guy like Reynaldo Lopez, and you know the pitching staff will speak for themselves. Hey, 
Ricky, I like throwing to Savvy more than I like throwing to Wellington. You know, like that that type of stuff will go a long way into keeping him up here and in the in the lineup consistently. So uh, we'll see what we get tomorrow. Um, I'm sh- I'm pretty sure I, I don't have it in front of me, but I'm pretty sure that Dylan Covey has thrown to Savvy Zavala at some point in time. Uh, in his tenure, I mean, Sebi was down in AAA, so was Dylan Covey for a period. So these two aren't brand new to each other. They've been around each other in, in clubhouses and spring training and, um, you know, down in Charlotte as well. So um, hopefully it's a familiar face between the two of them. I'm not sure if, if they've caught it or they've played together before, but regardless, they've been around each other. The catchers are always around the pitching staff. We'll see what we get out of that tomorrow. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Hey, I'm going to go as far as to say, pick to click tomorrow. Savvy's Vala. Yeah. So I actually was going to pick him for my pick to click as well. So, uh, not to jump on that as well. Mine was just more so going to be, I don't think he'll necessarily be the MVP of the game, but I think he's going to do something good. You know, I think he's going to go out there, really manage the game. Well, hopefully see if he can get Dylan Kobe back on track maybe earn his first major league hit somehow. So if you're going to go with him, I think I might have to go with Yonder Alonso. So uh, I've been very critical of him, as you know. Um, I don't like him, but, you know, something's just kind of speaking to me. I think maybe um, that that, uh, bunt single could potentially help get him going here. And especially if he's going to keep hitting lower in the order, Seems as if he has had a little bit more success when he hits around sixth or um, seventh in the order. So as long as that stays for tomorrow, uh, I think he'll be my pick to click. So that's my disclaimer there. Uh, If he's in the four hole, (laughs) I'm going to go with the field on that one. But I think for now, Yonder Alonso in the six or seven hole, I'm going to book that, um, especially against Jake Odorizzi. So... He's been very successful this year. He does look very good, but just in the past, you know, he's had a tendency to get shelled every now and then, and I just don't know if this success is going to keep going for him. I think eventually he's got to regress back to the mean a little bit. Hopefully that's going to happen tomorrow because these bats sure could need a little bit of waking up after, uh, you know, the ups from... So, well, I I guess peaks and valleys. Things started really low at the... Beginning of the Houston series went all the way back up. Now we're kind of soaking back down here. So well, that's what I'm going with. Here's here's the scary part about Odorizzi is he has not been scored on in four of his last five outings. I saw that. That's so got to change. That's going to have to change tomorrow. Um, it, it, tough task at hand. And, you know, we kind of worried about what we were going to see in this twin series. We're, we're up against the wall against a sweep here. Um, before we get to go take on, uh, I think a little bit better of opponent for the White Sox and the Kansas City Royals. But yeah, uh, I think I mean, we get Brad Keller in one of those games. Yeah, we do. We actually do on Tuesday. Um, so it should be interesting to see what we get here tomorrow. Um, I am going to go out on a limb and say that the Sox can somehow pull this one out. Um, we need to uh, if if we have any uh, t- intent on. Uh, you know, remaining uh, somewhat positive about this road trip, uh, I think a win tomorrow would go a long way in uh, solidifying a somewhat positive road trip before we return home. Uh, 
Andrew, uh, predictions tomorrow. Yeah, so I may not be following you on the Sebi Zavala pick-to-click, but you know what? I'm trailing you on the win here, man. I need for my own reputation and just for pretty much my gig here at ONTAP Sports, I need to be part of a win on one of these, don't I? Yes, you do. Please don't fire me. <laughs> You're not getting fired regardless <laughs> of the outcome. We're going to be back together tomorrow reviewing this game um, regardless of the outcome. So uh, let's hope for the both of us that it's a winner. Um, wins are a lot more fun to talk about, as you'll see, uh, when you finally get your first one uh, notched in that belt there. Um, that's all I've got for tonight. Uh, anything else that you got to say before we uh, close this one down? I got one thing to say, and that's let's go socks. Let's go socks. <laughs> <laughs>